Good morning. morning. It's my pleasure to be here again this morning. Uh, I was here a few weeks ago, and um, I preached on from John 14, 6. I want to go back to that a minute, but just, you know, it's just something I've, I've learned over the years. When I spent many, many years in the United States Air Force, and one of the sayings that we had was, flexibility is the key to air power. And I kind of took that and went with that in mind. This is an original quote. You make, Regina, you take a lot of notes. You can quote me on this. A good plan is a platform from which to deviate. And that's exactly what we're doing here in this COVID thing. You know, there are many different opinions regarding COVID. Uh, there are many different those who have had COVID. There are many different responses to that. But it's important that we as a church continue to be flexible, to be flexible in understanding of each person's views in regard to this. And that we're gonna, God is going to see us. God is, is provident. God is sovereign. And he's going to see everybody through this thing. So it's important we maintain that unity that we have as we march through this COVID thing. Last, last time I had a chance to, to be here, I think it was just a few weeks ago, I, I preached from John 14, 6, which says this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so... When I did preach on it before, I wanted to preach on the life, that we can have life in Christ Jesus abundantly. And that's what I preached on then. And even within this culture of ours, we can have life, and he expects us to have life abundantly. But when I was was preaching on that one verse, I, I, I had to skip over the word truth. I had to skip over that, you know? And I'm thinking, man... This is, I've, I've got to come back to that. Because in our culture, it, it is a very vague term, the concept of truth. And I thought, well, yeah, I left a few weeks ago. I'm just going to go ahead and do a little research on truth and see how I communicate truth to this culture of ours. And I'm afraid it's a much greater endeavor than I anticipated. And I hope to come back sometime when I have a little more research done, and God shows me some more truths to help communicate his truth to this culture, which doesn't understand what truth is. I hope to do that sometime. But today, I can speak to some truth. And I want us to look at, since next week is Thanksgiving, I want us to look at some Thanksgiving truths from God's word. Thanksgiving is a time that we often reflect, we remember we, we looked at all the different abundant blessings that God has given us. But Thanksgiving should be more than just one day. It should be a disposition for Christians. It, we, it ought to be something we do every day. So I want to look at many truths regarding Thanksgiving from a Christian perspective. There was an old man. His name was Ed. And Ed lived on the coast. And every Friday afternoon, Ed would walk down a long pier with a bucket of shrimp in his hand. Now, all the seagulls, they recognized Ed. They recognized him. They began to flock up because they saw Ed again. 
And as he got to the end of the pier, he would take that bucket of shrimp and start tossing it into the air. Most of the time, it never made it to the water below the pier. Most of the time, a seagull would catch it. Ed did this, and he did this for many years until he died in 1973. And people who saw him said, you know, nobody would ever ask him what he was doing, but they said he looked like he was just giving thanks to these seagulls, right? A few years before that, Ed was in a survival raft. I think it was around 1945. He'd been in that raft for many days with six other men. And they were very hungry. The, the little bit of survival food that they had in that raft, most of it had been destroyed by the salt water. And all the water that they had to drink was that, that they could collect from the dew that formed during the night and all that they could catch from the dew that was forming. And it was an aggravating time. It was a very harsh time. Like many times the, the sharks would just come up and hit the side of that boat and aggravate them. Made it for a very scary place to be. But probably one of the worst aspects of this several days that they ended up spending in this raft was the fact that they baked in the sun all day long. But the other aspect that was really getting to them is they were hungry. They were very hungry. So Ed, he, he led the men in a prayer in that boat. He says, Lord, we are hungry. We pray in your name for something to eat. And after that prayer, Ed did like everybody else did. He laid back in that raft and he put his head on the side of that survival raft. His, his arms were kind of laying down by his side. And they, were just, they just did that to conserve energy throughout the day. And then he took his hat and he put it over his face to keep the sun from burning his face off. And everybody's laying back in the rafts, laying there, just trying to conserve energy. And all of a sudden, something landed on Ed's head. And he remained very still. And the other men in the raft looked out the corner of their eye, and they could see this something too. And all of a sudden, with one quick, fast, swift move, Ed reached up and grabbed that seagull in both hands and pulled it down. And they tore that seagull apart and gave each man equal parts of that seagull and they ate him raw. Wasn't a piece of that seagull that was left. Then they took the guts from that seagull and used it to catch a fish. And they all separated that fish in fair equal parts and had a little sushi, I guess. Then they took the guts from that fish and caught another fish and then another fish and so on and so on. Well, some of you may be wondering, what was Ed doing in survival boat? Well, Ed was a civilian. In 1945, it was in the Pacific Ocean and obviously... World War II was going on, so what was the civilian doing, civilian doing in the survival boat? Well, Ed was the president and CEO of Eastern Airlines. 
All right, well, you know, well, that's nice, but what would a CEO president of Eastern Airlines have been doing in a survival boat in the Pacific Ocean? Well, he was a, a consultant to the United States military, and he was on a special mission to carry a personal message from President Harry S. Truman to one each very arrogant General Douglas MacArthur. When the plane that they were in the, the, they had to crash it into the ocean because they, the, they didn't know this, but the navigational system on this airplane had become damaged, and they got many miles off track until it ran out of fuel, and they just had to land that thing in the ocean and get out and get in those boats. Well, some of you may be thinking, what was so special about Ed, even though he was the president and CEO of Eastern Airlines? Well, you see, Ed was Eddie Rickenbacker, who in World War I was a flying ace. He shot down 26 German aircraft, and he received the Congressional Medal of Honor. And Ed, when he walked to the end of that pier every day for the last few years of his life, he wasn't giving thanks to the seagulls. He was giving thanks to God who provided that seagull to them that day. He was compelled to do that. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14, and today I don't have slides or handout, but I just want to do it the old-fashioned way. You got your Bible, look in your Bibles. If you got a notepad, take notes. Amen? Thank you so much. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 says this, For the love of Christ compels us, compels, because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14. Compels. That word compels, it means, in that Greek language there, it means it leaves no choice. I have no choice but to respond to the love of Christ in my whole being to say thank you. Thank you, thank you. And that is the attitude that we all should have, to be compelled, compelled by the love of Christ in our lives, to be thankful. There are many aspects of, of thankfulness that I'd like to cover today. Jeremiah, in the Bible, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 11 says this, Give thanks to the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good. Christians give th thanks for the th thank, uh, God for the thankfulness for his goodness. For his loving kindness, kindness is everlasting. And of those who bring a thank offering into the house of the Lord, I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were at first. And God's going to do that. God will do that. Amen? God is going to restore the fortunes of this land. And we're going to get through covid and all the things that are, people are concerned about. God will restore the fortunes of this land. And he's already starting to restore some. In our church, I mean, just in the last year, listen, I want to look, interject a few things. And just in the last year, God has blessed this church with a few babies. Amen. I believe it's Shane and Cody Ryder, the baby. Amen. Daniel and Kaylee Meyer. Mar. Amen. Hold the baby up, please. All right. In fact, bring the baby right here. Bring that baby right here, right here. Bring it up here. All right, right there. 
Hold that baby up. Amen. Get right here so we can see it. Thank you very much. All right. And any minute now, Greg and Katie Crawford, probably. How are you feeling, Katie? You doing all right? Good. Oh, good, good. Well, at least three days. Amen. God is blessed. He's good. Amen. God is good. Amen. All the time. Thank you. Well, another aspect is Christians thank God for his greatness. The Bible in Psalms 145 verses 3 says this. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. We can, we can discuss all these fancy terms. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. All those terms, but God is so great that it, we in our minds cannot begin to fathom the depth of the, or the size of his greatness. He's greater than anything we got going on, anything we're concerned about. God is great. Christians Another aspect is Christians thank God for his grace. The Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, says this. Paul says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus. I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given you in Christ Jesus. Grace is grace. That definition is that it's unmerited or undeserved favor. We don't deserve God's grace. But he bestowed that grace upon each one of us, those who believe in him. And as in Scripture it says, For by grace you are saved, not by works, lest anyone should boast. It is by his grace we are saved. It's by his grace we are sustained. It's by his grace we are sanctified. It's by his grace we are going to one day live in heaven with him where there's no COVID. Amen. Or anything like that. We are saved by grace. We are schooled by grace. Again, we're sanctified, we're secured, and we are satisfied by God's grace. Another aspect is Christians thank God for his gospel. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verses 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is God's good news regarding the salvation provided to sinful people. Now, if you're listening to this today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can. If you are in bondage to sin, whether it's bondage to drugs, whether it's a bondage to alcohol, whether it's bondage to this, that, whatever you're in bondage to. You may not even know what you're in bondage to, but you know it's not right. God wants to save you. He wants to have a relationship with you. All you've got to do is confess of your sin and let God into your heart. He's knocking on your door right now and wants to come in. If you, all you've got to do is contact this church and one of the pastors will be glad to explain how you can become a Christian and know him and live a life of abundance that God intends for each Christian to have. God has blessed this church in the last year. In regard to the gospel taking root, 
Roy, Roy and Amy Phillips have been leading our youth group. And the youth group has tripled in size. The parents have gotten involved in the youth group. And, and I think it's pretty amazing, there's a, a youth group praise team that's beginning to form. Amen? And these children are learning how to use some of the talents that God is giving them to share that wonderful message about God, about Christ, to their friends and to others, to rejoice, to share him, to share the talents that God has given them. I would expect that we should hear from them shortly. Amen? I think so. But we're thankful for the work that's been done and the success that God has blessed, how he's blessed us through that youth program. And it's going to continue to grow. We thank God, Christians should thank God for his guidance. The Bible tells us in Psalm 67, 4, for you will judge the people with uprightness and guide, guide the nations on the earth. You will guide the nations on the earth. One of my favorites is Proverbs chapter 3. And if you don't have that underlined in your Bible, go ahead. I know many of you do, but let's go ahead. Let me read it to everyone. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Your paths. All of your paths. Does it mean he will direct my path if I'm trying to choose between this job and that job? Yes. Does that mean he's going to direct my path to whether I should buy this house or that house or rent right now? Yes. Does that mean he will direct my path to whether I should marry this person or that person if you're a young person? Yes, definitely, most definitely he will guide you in that decision. He will guide you in every decision that you, every decision that you ask him to help you with. Bible tells us in, the, in, in James chapter 1, if anybody lacks wisdom, just ask of God, and he's going to give it to you. Amen? Christians, thank God for his guidance. David said in Psalms chapter 37, verses 3, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Guidance. God has guided this church through this COVID thing. That thing I'm looking at right now on the back wall that you see me through, God guide us to that streaming system. And it has helped to reach people who cannot, should not come to church right now. It has helped to reach people who've never thought of church, never stepped in this church building. It is reaching people that this church has not reached and is able to reach people who can't come to this church right now. And we follow God's guidance in the establishment of that system, amen, and it's working. Another aspect is Christians, oh, hang on, Emma, hang on a second. Let's listen now. Christians thank God for his government. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6. Isaiah prophesied that Jesus, about Jesus that the government would rest upon his shoulders. 
And God is sovereign, yes. Doesn't matter how, what you think of any elections, how it's going to go, whatever, whatever. God is in control. And the folks that are there, God put them there. And we need to pray for them. Last week I talked to, last time I preached, I talked about leadership. Many of you have the gift of leadership, and leadership not only applies within the context of this church, but it implies within the context of the leadership of your home, your family, and the leadership of your community, and your state, and potentially your country. And we, this country, needs Christian leaders who have the gumption to step into that ugly, ugly arena. Well, let's not worry about that. Jesus told Martha, Martha, you know, you are worried and troubled about a lot of things. We can be assured of this. In the Bible, in Romans chapter 8, 28, the Bible tells us all things work to good, work together for, the, for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purposes. You know, I want to go, I want to, I want to share something with you. I just, I just got to share this with you. Many of you are trying to trap at home. You know, talking about God's goodness and how he, you know, how he makes us feel. There is a great, it just came out yesterday, just yesterday on Netflix, a great movie, a great, I'm surprised that Netflix put it on there. It's called Voices of Fire. Voices of Fire. It's, it's out yesterday, and it's, it is a true documentary story about a large choir, gospel choir that was formed in, ha- in the Hampton, Virginia area. And they, they, enter, they, enter, they received over 3,000 applications to, to be a part of this huge gospel choir. They, they actually interviewed close to 400 different people to be a part of this 75-person choir, and it was just wonderful. And when you watch this thing, you saw all these different people who were auditioning to be a part of this choir. But there was one young lady, I, I just, she just still sticks in my mind. And many of them had very good songs. They performed them, and you could feel the Spirit of God. But she performed her song. She says, Jesus loves me, this I know. But she couldn't get past the first three words. Jesus loves me. That was all she could do. But just, just think about God's goodness. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves you. And you, and you, and you, he loves you. I you just can't, I can't get, and she, she couldn't get past those three words in her entire audition. It was amazing. It was wonderful. It was heartwarming. I'd recommend that movie to you. I don't normally do that, but that's a good one. That's a keeper right there. Christians thank God for his gifts. Now, I want you to turn, if you've got your Bibles, turn to the Bibles, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Second Corinthians. Usually I have these things marked because I do cheat a little bit, but I don't have this one marked. That's okay, I can find it. Just give me a second. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. 
Christians thank God for his gifts. Chapter 9, verse 6. Paul says this, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each, let each one, as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency and all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, it says, He has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberally, which causes thanksgiving through us, us to God. We have thanksgiving that he has provided us resources and we turn around and provide those resources to God's, for God's glory, for his purposes. And I'm personally, I'm one of the deacons. We're going through the, the budgeting process right now and God has blessed this church and people in this church. That is a blessing in turn. Donate of their resources through their tithes so that God's purposes and his work can go on in this church. And that's a blessing to be a part of a church where the believers, for the members of the church, donate to the purposes of the church. It is a blessing to be a part of one that does that. Christians thank God for his gifts. Here's another one. I'll share this one with you. Christians thank God for his gospel preachers. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 13, Paul says this. But we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instructions that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. You know, throughout the course of time, God has called many people to proclaim his word. In the Bible, we read about Abraham, Moses, Daniel, Joseph, Peter, Paul, etc. But our hearts today, for our pastors, our pastors need to be filled with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And praises for them, for their faithful work for the body. Amen? Christians, thank God for gospel preachers. This is just a few things, a few aspects of Christian thankfulness. How do you do this? The Bible tells us in chapter 4, verses, Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 4. Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with a, what? an attitude of thanksgiving. Keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up the door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been in prison, that I may make it clear in the way that I ought to speak. Christians thank God for their gospel preachers. We do that through prayer 
We, need, we do that through an attitude of thanksgiving. These are many aspects of thanksgiving I want to share with you today. Of a Christian, I want to end with this one. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalms. Psalms 100. And the thing I want to end with is thanksgiving truths. They commence with God, they continue with God, and they consummate or they end with God. Psalm 100 says this, Make a joyful sound to the Lord, all you, you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is good. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth, his truth, his truth endures to all generations. Kenny and others are going to lead us in the final song, and I'm just going to go ahead and pray today, and we'll be dismissed after they finish their, their music. I'd just like to end us in a word of prayer, please. Father, thank you. We thank you. We thank you for all of your blessings, for all of your care, for all of your provisions, for our families, for our friends, for our enemies. We thank you for all that you do. We thank you for your care, for your guidance for your hopefulness, the hope we have in you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you. Amen. God bless you. paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find thy power and thine alone can change the leper spot and melt this heart of stone. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. For nothing good have I, whereby thy grace to claim. I'll wash my garments white in the blood 
of Calvary's Lamb. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. He washed it white as snow. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thanks for joining us.